veteran. There was a very unusual military funeral in California on December, in December of 2013. Sergeant First Class Joseph Gant, who fought in both World War II and the Korean War, was laid to rest. He had been captured in Korea in 1950 and died the following year, but his body was not returned for many years, and his death was never confirmed by the North Koreans. His wife, Clara, waited for decades for her husband to come back. She regularly went to meetings with government officials seeking information about what had happened. Clara even bought a house and had it professionally landscaped so all Joseph would have to do when he came home was to go fishing. She was 94 years old when his remains were finally brought home for, the mil for a military funeral with full honors. It wasn't a home, the homecoming she dreamed of, but she finally knew his fate. Claire told a reporter who interviewed her, he told me if anything happened to him, he wanted me to remarry. And I told him, no, no, here I am, still his wife, and I'm going to remain his wife until the day the Lord calls me home. Love, true godly love, is not temporary or transient. Love is a commitment that is meant to last. Love is not based on everything going the right, going right or always being happy. Love is not an emotional feeling, but rather a choice of the will. Casual commitments do not produce a foundation for deep and meaningful relationships. Instead, we should love others as God loves us with an unfailing love that never ends. Amen? Amen. Amen. Our scripture today is going to come from 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. When you get there, if you would indicate that by saying amen. Amen. And the scripture reads as such. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but rather that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. The subject of love is mentioned over 600 times in the Bible and over 400 times in the New Testament. The title of today's message is, Love is Optional, but dot, dot, dot. So love is optional, but if God spoke so much about love, then we should teach on the subject a whole lot more. As, as is typical with my uh, teaching style, I found three significant points in this text that I will be discussing with you. 
God's command to love one each other. God's love demonstrated and God's love saved us from the penalty of our sins. First John verse four, chapter four, verses seven and eight says, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God for God is love. Love is optional. But God commands us to love each other. God commands us to love each other. God, this, this scripture is talking about Christians, believers, people who know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We should love each other. Now the reality is there are times when Leon is not that loving. And if you're honest, there are times when whatever your name is, is not that loving. Am I right? So God commands us to love. Love is not an optional virtue for the believer. It's significant. It's important. It is is a commandment from God. Love is your mark of salvation. Love is a sign that you have Jesus in your heart. This is the guiding light that draws people to you. It's the guiding light that makes people see something in you that wants them to have what you have. It's the guiding light that says to to the world, that says, hey, what is it about this guy or this lady or this girl or this boy that makes him so, so attractive to me? Not in a a physical way, but I'm, I'm drawn to this person. What is it? It is love. It's like a signal beam that says, hey, come get to know who I know. Most importantly, it's commanded by God. John 14, 15 says this. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Well, in John 15 and 10, he also says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in love. Sometimes it's not easy to love each other. We, we, we in our, our, our church, we have, have spats and we have uh, arguments and we have other things going on in our, our lives and within the church. There's even factions in the church. Uh, maybe not all in Body of Christ Church, but let's say the Body of Christ Church versus uh, the, the other church down the street. You know, we're trying to get members. They're trying to get members. So we say this and they say that. And there are factions. There are arguments. There, there's bitterness. There's wrath. But the scripture says that we should love. It said, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. However, it also says, he who does not love does not know God. The question today, saints, is, is, is how much love do you have in your heart? How much love do you have for that individual that, that it, getting on your nerves just a little bit? You came into church just a little bit late, and for some reason, that seat that you always sitting in is gone. Somebody done sat in my seat. Y'all, everybody knows I sit right back there in the back section, uh, second or third row on the end. That's my spot. So everybody know that's my spot. Why are you sitting in my spot? 
Love says, it doesn't matter where he, I sit, as long as you're happy, as long as you're comfortable. The reality is, we, we as Christians, we, we get mad over, over a lot of nonsense. Then there's, there's times when we get mad, when we should be mad. But we have to forgive each other. Because we got to love each other to the point where our love is indicated or is mirroring the love that Jesus has for us. Amen? Often we as Christians believe that love truly is optional. But we haven't taken into account that if it wasn't for God's love for us, that we would be doomed. We, we would have a life of misery and after the afterlife of torture and pain. We haven't taken into account that Jesus is the ultimate example of love. We are commanded to love one another. Verse 9 clearly states, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I know that... Um, there are times when, when I, uh, I'm on social media. I'm not on social media a lot. Most of it's just to, because I'm watching a football game or something and I want to post about, you know, something about one of the players or whatever. But it's usually good stuff. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> but um, when I'm on social media and you're scrolling through and you're reading some of the comments that people have, you know, and, and you're looking at it and you say, hmm, as a Christian, should that post go out? You know, we get mad at uh, some of the leadership in our country. It's true. I get mad at some of the leadership in our country. I get mad at some of the evangelical Christian leadership in our country. I get mad when I see uh, an evangelical Christian leader saying that the, the current um, leader of the country is, is doing a great job. That angers me. It, it, it causes me to to want to post something uh, on Facebook that that is not exactly loving. Sometimes I'm not going to say all the time because I'm not perfect. Sometimes I'm able to avoid making that post, and if I do make it, I, I try to remember to take it down pretty quick before anybody see it. But you see those posts and, and you, you think, wow, the name calling, the, the bitterness, the anger, the wrath. But God tells us as believers, we should love one another. God tells us as believers, if you don't love, you don't know him. We as Christians, we, we, we have little spats and arguments in, in church sometimes with one another. And we are unloving towards each other. There, you may be on this committee and this committee needs this amount of money and that committee needs that amount of money. And, and we're battling because we need the resources. And at times we could be unloving. This scripture, family, this scripture is about us. This scripture is directed directly towards us as Christians 
if you're a believer in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this scripture is talking to you. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Amen? First John chapter 4 verses 9 through 10 said, In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God. Listen to this. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. You know what that means? The adequate payment for our sins. That's, that's kind of what I would call love. God loved us so much that he sent his son to come to live on the place like this that is filled with sin, filled with grief, filled with angry anger, filled with violence. To pay for our sins. God loved you. But love is optional. Love is optional. But God demonstrated what love really looks like. John fifteen thirteen says, Greater love has no man, no one, than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Think about this. Jesus told the disciples, he said to the disciples, I call you friend. You're no longer servants. You're my friend. And Jesus freely went to the cross for people like you and me, for his disciples, for people who don't he never met. Obviously, he knew everything because he is God, but he had never had a relationship with people. But he was willing to be beaten with the cat of nine tails, 40 lashes on his body. The cat of nine tails is made of leather infused with dot, with glass, with stones, and with bones. The purpose of the cat of nine tails is when it hits your back, when it's pulled back, it doesn't come back the same way it hit it. It comes back with chunks of skin and meat ripped off of your back. Do you think God, do you think Jesus enjoyed that? He did not enjoy it, but he did it because he loved us. He loved you. And he has decided to go and take the beating of a sinner. Take the punishment of a murderer, of a killer, of a thief, of an adulterer, of a rapist. He took the punishment of people who are nothing like him because of his love. For you and me. Not only that, he carried a cross as far as he could on his beaten body, his wounded body. He carried it on the road to Golgotha's Hill till his body completely gave out on him. And someone had to carry his cross for him. 
And then he allowed himself. And don't get this wrong. Nobody killed Jesus. Jesus allowed himself to be killed on the cross. He allowed people to pull his arms apart. And nail his nails in his hands. And nails in his feet. And have a, a crown of thorns placed on his head. And raised up onto that cross. He allowed himself to, 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 to suffer and suffer uh, a, sinner's, a sinner's death. He allowed himself to die on that cross. He allowed a Roman soldier to put a sword into his spear, into his side, just to prove that he was dead. That's love. That's love, folks. He, Jesus loved you so much that he allowed himself to be killed. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus loved you. He calls you friend. Then he allowed himself to be taken down off that cross. And taken into a cave, a burial cave, and, and to be shut up in that cave, the cave sealed with the Roman seal, and a company of the finest Roman soldiers there to guard that cave, to make sure that he wasn't stolen away. But three days later, three days later, the, 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 the stone was rolled away. The Roman soldiers were afraid because they knew that didn't nobody do that in front of them. That was only God. The stone was rolled away. And three days later, Jesus rose and, and, and he showed himself to the disciples. He showed himself to, to many other people. People saw him. They saw the holes in his hands and the holes in his feet. They knew it was truly the same Jesus that died on that cross. And because he loved us so much, that point in time when he died, he went down to hell and he took on the, 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 the punishment of all of our sins, past, present, and future. That's love. And he simply asked you to love one another. And sometimes we have difficulty doing that. He simply asked you, asked me to love my neighbor as myself. But sometimes I have difficulty doing that. He simply asked me to come into this church and love the people around me. He simply asked you to come into the church and love the people around you. Say good things, say nice things, be nice to each other. But sometimes we struggle with that. John intimately understood the love Jesus had, had for him. He had firsthand knowledge of what Christ had done for him on the cross. John was there. Jesus, his love wasn't just spoken. He lived it. He did whatever he could do to ensure that his disciples understood how he felt about them. He was willing to die for you and me. 
Love is optional. But 1 Corinthians 13, 1-13 says this. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass, a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understanding all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. We can do all we want to do. For whoever you want to do it, but if you're doing it for selfish ambition, you're doing it for any other reason but love. It, it means nothing. This is what love looks like. Love suffers long. In other words, it's patient and it's kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. You want to know how to love? You just look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It gives you step by step, verse by verse, instructions on how to be a loving person. Love is patient. Y'all quiet. That, that first one, that's a toughie. That was tough for a brother. Because sometimes when I, I, I want things to happen, I kind of want them to happen, you know, right now. Coming from a management background, I'm used to when things, you know, when I say get things done, they should be done. I shouldn't have had to say it. Love is patient. On top of that, love is kind. You put patient and kind together. Man, you got a a person that, that you just want to be around that person. You know, we 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 look at, at, at love. And, and we think about our, our, our relationships. Love is, is there's, there's more to, to, to loving Christians than just the Christians we see at church. How about that Christian in your house? The one you, you, you wake up to every morning. The one you have great expectations of. Uh, you, 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 you expect things, you expect life to, to be perfect. You expect that person to, to love you unconditionally, even though you don't love unconditionally. I look at, uh, at Ephesians chapter 5, and uh, a lot of y'all don't like to hear this verse because of, of what it says, but it's the truth. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to look at verse 22 through 25. Now y'all don't get mad at me now. Because this is the Bible. This is the Bible. I'm just reading the truth. And it says as such. Wives, submit to your own husbands as as to the Lord. For the husband 
is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands. Now, I'm going to stop right there because I kind of want to unpack that just a little bit. You see, when, when, when Paul understood that there was something that, that was going on here that, that wives needed to understand about their situation. And what he wanted them to, to realize is there is a reason that you have, have struggles with your husband. There's a reason there are struggles between that relationship, husband and wife relationship. It's always going to be a struggle. There's a reason. And it goes all the the way back to Genesis chapter 3. If y'all would, go all the way back in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 3. And in Genesis chapter 3, verse 16 It reads as such, to the women, this is the curse that was pronounced on Adam and Eve, and this was part of the curse for for women. To the women, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow in your conception. In pain shall you bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Now, you hear that, and you're like... But I, I, I don't like that. I can't win. The reality is God has blessed you with a curse to love your husband. He has blessed you with the curse to love, have a desire for your husband. It is natural for women, wives to love their husband. They can't help it. But you'll notice what Paul does in Ephesians. Go back to Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25. Paul had this comment for the husband. He said, husbands, love your wives. Now, how come he didn't tell the wives to love their husbands? Because he already knew. In Genesis, God had already blessed the women with the curse to love their husbands. And he says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. Now, that, that's a that's a whole different kind of love because what did Christ do for the church? Look at that. He said just as Christ loved the church and did what? He gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water and uh, by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she should be holy and without blemish. Not only did he give himself, not only did he love his wife, but he was willing to die for the church. Brothers, if you truly love your wives, you will do anything to keep her spotless, without blemish, holy, Your role as a husband is to love your wife in such a way that when people see your wife, they say, that's a holy woman. What does it look like? Because she's going to love you, my my brothers. She's going to love you. She's going to desire you. And if you're not careful, 
you'll do nothing but rule over her. And that ain't exactly what you should be doing, my friends. You need to be loving her in such a way that it, when, when, when she comes home, if you're already there, it, it, it should be obvious that you took time to love her. Now, we are human, right? We're not God, right? So we're going to do what? We're going to mess it up. We're going to mess it up. So ladies, y'all got y'all to forgive us because we're going to mess it up. When you come home and you know you don't work all day. He's been off all day. It was his weekend off or his, his weekday off. He's been home all day. And the kitchen looked like a whole mess, as my kids would say. And, and, and you got clothes on the floor and, you know, you, you ain't did nothing but sit there and watch TV all day because it's your day off. You ain't trying to work today. But God said, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So just every once in a while, I ain't saying you have to do it every single time. She might. I ain't saying that you have to do it every single time. Unless she tell you to. Just pick up your, your clothes up off the floor. You know. Open up the laundry basket. And then go on the other side of the bed. Make it fun. You know what I'm saying? You got kids in the house. Make them clean up. That way you ain't got to do it. You know what I'm saying? You, you just have to do whatever it is to let her know that you truly love her. And you're not just there to lord over her. And ladies, I know it's tough. That submit thing, that, 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 that's, that's that one that, that, ooh, that one, that one burns, burns the ladies. I, I don't like that word submit. I didn't write it. I'm just saying, it's in here for a reason. The, the, the Bible, it says, wives, submit to your own husband. Now, we're, we're good when it comes to work. You go to work, and your boss says, uh, Susie, I need X, Y, Z, you know, and, and this, that, and the other, and I'm going to need you to get it done before you leave today. What you going to do? You finna do that. You are, because you, you know that if you fail to submit to your boss, the consequences could be pretty dire. And, and it, it's not fun when those type of consequences come into your life. You know, I was, I was out of work for about, uh, it was probably a couple of years, I mean, I I started businesses and stuff, but we had to eat, so you know, you got to do what you got to do. But uh, I didn't have a, a, a regular job for a couple of years, and I'm going to tell you the truth, that's not fun. So you will submit to your boss. Sometimes it's a different kind of submission when it comes to your spouse. It's a submission of love. We, 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 as men, we need to realize when a woman is submitting to us, it's not because she is below us or, 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 or she's, she's subservient to us. It's because she loves you. 
Because God gave her an innate desire for you. Genesis says, you will desire your husband. You're going to love, she's going to love you guys. So when she submits to you, it's because she loves you. It's not because you're her boss. It's not because you you are uh, in some way over her. So we as, as Christians, we not only have to be loving to each other in church. Outside of church, there's those Christian relationships we have. Uh, we have relationships with our children. We have relationships with our family. We have relationships with friends and people at work. We need to love each other. That's what the scripture is talking about. And then it's, he goes on and says, love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Sometimes, you know, we as Christians, we, we, we see people, they, they have certain positions or, or they have certain things. And we're like, man, why he get that position? Or, or why, why does he get to do this or do that? Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. I'll be honest with you guys. Sometimes when, when I preach and then you guys come up to me after after service and say, uh, Pastor Cooper or Mr. Cooper, um, that was a really good sermon. Thank God really blessed me. Man, it's so hard to, to not try to say, yeah, I did that. <laughs> it's hard. You know, but the reality is I ain't doing nothing but reading God's word and then saying a couple words about God's word. What did I do? So, love is not puffed up. It's not proud. Love does not behave rudely. You, how many of y'all have that friend or acquaintance? Every time you talk to that person, they got something rude to say. Um, they may just be trying to be funny, but it ain't always funny. Sometimes it's just rude. Everybody's got their friend, right? But if True love does not behave rudely. And it does not seek its own. It's not just in it for self. And it's not easily provoked. Y'all, um, before I knew Christ, I'm so glad I know Jesus. Uh, I was that guy. There was a reason I joined the police department when, when I was younger. It's because at the time I wasn't a Christian and that meant I'd get an opportunity to get in a fight. Y'all don't need, y'all look at me like, that joker can't fight. Back then, I could fight. Now, I'm going to run. But back then, I could fight. And I, 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 I liked it. If there was a, if I heard on the radio, 1010 in progress at wherever place, I'm trying to be the first cop there. You know, that was, that was the, the reality for me. But 1992, God changed me. And I praise God for that because I have made such a turnaround. I, I'm surprised. Uh, y'all know my wife. She's really calm and, and she's not, don't, she don't like no drama. And she's just wanting easy going. She didn't know that I was a fighter. <laughs> I, of course, we ne- I never would fight with her or anything like that. But she has ridden along with me and you know, she saw how excited I got when it was a fight or or a domestic or something. I, I would go to those. I try to take that call from somebody else, and that that was just because I didn't know Jesus. I didn't love 
like Christ would want me to love. Love is not provoked. It thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity. It doesn't rejoice in sin. Sin, sin should make you cringe. When, when you know that, that sin is happening around you or in front of you, it should get under your skin and make you just feel uncomfortable. But rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Verse 8, love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. In other words, when Jesus comes, you know, we'll have the whole story. We'll know the beginning and the end. We won't prophesy in part anymore. We'll prophesy in the truth of God. We know the whole story. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Some of us men need to put away some of the childish things that we do. We, we as men, we, we need to be more, more uh, honest with who we truly are. We need to do what, what the, the scriptures tell us to do. We need to lead our families, lead our households. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. So we, we can see in the mirror, we see Christ in us a little bit. Just kind of, we can kind of see him a little bit. But when Christ comes back, we're going to see the whole picture. When he takes us up and we are changed into our new bodies, into a, our, our perfect being, our perfect self. When you look in that mirror, you're not going to see Leon. You're going to see Leon changed by Christ. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. I know just how Jesus, I'll know myself like Jesus knows me. And now I abide faith, hope, and love. These three. But the greatest of these is. Amen. Love is optional. Love is optional. But God's love saves. John 4.11 Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. God set the bar real high. He, he, he loved us so much. He loved us to the point where, where he was willing to suffer Greatly, How much are you willing to suffer? Men, how much are you willing to suffer for your wife? Are you willing to suffer enough to turn off that football game when she wants to talk? Wives, are you willing to suffer enough to wait to talk to after the football game? I had to throw that one in there. Look it out for you, brothers. I know it's Sunday. God set the bar real high. His bar is... is it's almost unattainable, unreachable. Because we are still mere men, mere women. 
So we're going to fall short at times. But as we fall short, love forgives. Love, love says, you know, Leon, I understand that you didn't feel like doing the dishes, even though you was off all day, and they've been sitting there since last night. I understand. I'll go ahead and, and do it. Love says, I'm sorry. I'll go ahead and get it done. He loved you and me so much that should you decide to trust him as your Lord and Savior, there is no possible way for you to escape his love. Did you know that? That if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there is absolutely no possible way that you can escape his love. That's, that's, that's reassuring to me. That makes me feel like, you know, I, I know that I am imperfect and I don't show love the way I should all the time. And I, I do things that, that are wrong sometimes that, that, you know, are disappointing to him. But because I know him as my Lord and Savior, I know that he lives within me and the Holy Spirit guides me that there is no possible way that I can escape his love. You want proof. I see looks on your face that say, I need proof. Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. Read as such. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Verse 39. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's good stuff right there. When I read that, I am reassured. And, and I know that you know, I'm going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to treat somebody bad. You're going to be unloving. You might have been unloving this morning. But not anything, nothing, nil, will cause you to be separated from the love of God. That is just awesome to me the truth is we are not Jesus we're going to fail sometimes we will be unforgiving and spiteful at times we are sinners many of us saved by grace it is that grace that should prompt us to be loving verse 7 and 8 from our text Say this. I should probably go back to the text. Verse 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. However, if you find it difficult, to be loving. If you find it hard, you find you find yourself ah preacher, uh, you just don't know the people that are around me. 
You just don't know what I'm going through. Preacher, I don't know about this love thing because these people that I have in my life, they're just unlovable. However, if you find it hard to love, maybe you should check yourself. Find out from yourself who is truly your God. Is it Christ or is it yourself? Scripture says, he who does not love does not know God. Love is not optional. It's a command. Let us pray. Father, we thank you today, Lord. We praise you, we honor you, and glorify you, Lord. Father, right now we, we have talked about in depth and detail about love. You commanded us to love, Lord. You commanded us to, to be loving to one another, to Christians, to believers. You commanded us to, by, by showing us what it looks like. You've demonstrated love for us, Lord. We thank you because your demonstration of love is the death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, on the cross on Galgotha's head. If he didn't love us that much, he wouldn't have been willing to have skin ripped off of his back with the cat of nine tails from 40 lashes. He wouldn't have been willing to allow men to place a a crown of thrones on his head. He wouldn't have been willing to carry this wooden cross up the road to Galgotha's hill. He wouldn't have been willing to allow, to lay himself down on that cross, allow men to put nails in his hands and nails in his feet, and then raise him up to die on that cross. A painful death. A death of a sinner, a death of a murderer, a death of a robber, a thief, with two robbers on either side of him. If he didn't love us that much, he wouldn't have been willing to save the the robber that was next to him who said, remember me when you take your seat in glory. And he said, "On, on this day, you will be with me in heaven. That's a loving God. He loved us so much that he went to that cross and then he died and he was buried on the third day. He rose again. Taking the sins, past, present, and future of those who believe in him. That's for those that believe That we would be saved and when we leave this place, we'd be with him in glory. Praise God. If there's someone here who has never asked Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior, you love him, you want to know him intimately and personally, and you want him in your life. You want to change your life from the inside out, and you want Jesus to come inside of you. With all heads, bows, eyes closed. If that is you and that's your prayer today, right where you sit, would you just raise your hand? Right where you're sitting. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you again, Lord. We thank you that 
You have loved us so much that your son came to this place, took the form of a man, walked this earth fully man, fully God, took on the sins of the world, and died and rose again so that we could be saved. We thank you for that, Lord. Father, we thank you for each and every individual here. We praise you. We honor you. We love you, Lord. And we just ask that you would just be with us and that your word would continue to to be in our hearts, Lord, and in our minds. Father, we love you. We praise you and we honor you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen, body of Christ. Sometimes it is hard to love, isn't it? Sometimes we don't make ourselves loving people. But that's what God demanded, commanded of us.